life. The gospel's got to have power then. Doesn't it? Somehow there's a message in it for us. I wish I knew what the message was. I wish I knew what would cause a person to backslide. And knew the answer. But the answer is not church. The answer is not better music. It's not. And we have been into the lie and said if we'll do this better, maybe they won't backslide. The answer is not holding their hands every day of their life. Because how can we hold everybody's hand? How can we? How can we? We can't. I can't hold everybody's hand. You can't hold it. That's right. You can't. Jim can't. You know, Jim can say, well, we're going to go in and teach you all this stuff. He can pour his guts into it. Teaching people like, this is doctrines. You know what we're doing in CSM. But if somehow, if something don't connect, somebody's going to backslide and hurt all that stuff. You hear me? I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm just saying something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with us. I realize, man, you know, when we get to heaven, those guys walking around with bad teeth on earth may be the most powerful people there. And we thought we were because we knew all this stuff. And honestly, they didn't know that much about the Lord. Other than their basic beliefs. They know, you know. Those guys have been through so much in their life that for them to talk about their family, haven't seen their family in 20 years, 15 years, whatever it was, it's like, are you okay? Yeah, we're fine. They have suffered so much that Pastor Noah said, be careful about those guys because they'll tell you all that because they're so almost indifferent to suffering and pain. They've gone through so much of it. You know, they've got something we need and we've got something they need. We need to help them listen. Suffering and pain is not such a great thing. You know, Americans don't like to be in suffering and pain. We recoil at it. You know, all right, let me just, are y'all okay? Are you sure? Because I know it's getting late, but let me just say this. I really wanted to say one thing. I really feel like the Lord told me to say, and I'll skip a bunch of the other stuff. I feel like all of what the Lord told me to say, but... Um, if you will turn over to, no, it's this same one, um, verse 28 of this same chapter of Acts 20. This, this is what I want to say. Now, I'm going to get real serious with you, if I hadn't been already. I'm going to get real serious with you about something. Now, I want to do this, okay? Now, you may get offended at me. But I've had so many people mad at me lately and didn't like this. Didn't like, I, you know, I've just sort of gotten like, what am I going to do? You know, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you're mad. That's what I felt. I can't make everybody happy. Verse 28. Now, I want to tell you this. This is something I'm going to say. Okay? I'm saying this too. Matthew Bollinger. And Jim Hill. Okay? And I'm saying this to the elders in this church. 
And I'm saying this to the volunteer pastors in this church. And I'm also saying it to your wives, your spouses. Some of these, the volunteer pastors are got husbands. They don't have wives. This is a word from the Lord. I feel like the Lord told me to do this. Uh, verse 28, number one, therefore take heed to yourselves. Okay? I want you to take heed to yourself. That's what Paul was telling those elders at Ephesus. Ephesus had a re- I didn't get a chance to read about all the revival stuff that happened there, all the great things. But Paul, the last time he was seeing them, the last time he would ever lay eyes on them, okay, he was telling them, take heed to yourself. That's the first thing he told them. They went out to meet him. Remember I just read that in verse 1, verse 2, that the elders were there. And he was giving them a word. This is what he's saying to them on a personal level. Up to now, he was just talking by himself. Now he's went directly at them, pointing his finger at at them and saying, you better take heed to yourself. In other words, you better look in your life and see what carnal ways are in your life. Okay? And that's what I want to say to you guys. And I'm saying that to myself too because I feel like God's saying it to me. I want to say it to you guys. Take heed to yourselves. And you guys' spouse, I want to take heed because you affect your spouse in this deal. Okay? Are y'all with me? Everybody mad? <laughs> They're mad. <laughs> And then, after you take heed to yourself, you better start taking heed to the flock of God. Okay? That's what he said. Take heed to yourself, and then you better start caring about the flock that God has entrusted you to, amongst which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Now, doggone it, if the Holy Spirit's made somebody an overseer, and let me just throw in the advisors and their wives, just so you can't escape this, wrath, Dean. If the Holy Spirit has done something in a person's life and made you something and put you in a place, made you an overseer, whatever that overseer in place may be, it could be a daddy. Don't worry, I'm going to get everybody else in a minute. You better take heed. You better listen. You better pay attention. You better start doing what you're supposed to do. You hear what I'm saying to you? That's what Paul was saying. You better get, you know, get it together here because he goes on and talks about because there's difficulties, there's, there's things that happen. And because we don't take heed to ourselves first, then take heed to the responsibility that the Holy Spirit has given you, then you are in trouble with the Holy Spirit. You're in sin, basically, because you're in disobedience. And I want you to take it seriously. It says, uh, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseer to shepherd the church. Now, hear, hear, my, hear my word this morning. God's interested in the church being shepherded. That's part of the gospel message. He's interested in people being shepherded. So you better start shepherding. You better start shepherding. Shepherding is not, okay, there's the pastor. He does all the shepherding. That is not the truth. That is not the gospel. That's ridiculous. I don't care if you've got one person in your flock. Shepherd that per- one person. Take care of that one person. You hear what I'm saying to you? Are everybody with me? Y'all ain't looking happy. <laughs> Shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Which God purchased with his own blood. So, if you're not doing your job and you aren't shepherding and you're not taking care of people that God has paid for with his own blood, you think that's going to be unnoticed by God? Sooner or later, there's judgment coming on that kind of stuff. Sooner or later, there's judgment coming. Now, so did all the shepherds, all the elders, all the advisors, all the volunteer pastors, did y'all get that? 
Did you all hear what I just said to you? I gave you a charge. Now, you need to start doing it. And, I'm, and, and also your spouse. If your spouse is messing up and causing you to be messed up, y'all need to get that straightened out. That's taking heed to yourself. If Becky's messing me up, then I need to just get her fixed, you know? <laughs> Actually, it's vice versa. Now let me say something to everybody else who ain't a shepherd or who's not one, okay? If you're not being shepherded, shame on you, okay? Shame on you because you are in a, you're in trouble. And if you say and coming to church and listen to preaching shepherds in you, that ain't really true. That's a minor part of Christianity. You need a shepherd. You need a shepherd. You need a shepherd. You need a shepherd. Husbands, fathers, mothers, shepherd your family. Take care of your family. Husbands, shepherd your wife. You're the shepherd of the household. Wives, you know, you don't have to shepherd your husband too because they get messed up. (laughs) You need to give them some counsel occasionally. Take care of your children. You know, do, you know, raise them right. Don't come to church and expect the church to do everything for your kids. Take responsibility for your kids, your children, your young people. Take responsibility for them. Take responsibility for them. You hear what I'm saying to you? Be shepherds. Be shepherds. Everybody in this room is a shepherd in some way. If it's just to your family. Let me tell you another little thing. God's calling people in this room to be shepherds to their neighbors. To shepherd your neighbors. Yeah, the whole community has to be shepherded. If every person in this room would take responsibility for two of their neighbors, whether they knew the Lord or not, begin to pray for them, reach out to them. When you found out they had troubles, you go to them and try to help them. We could, we could turn the city around. God's called us to shepherd our city. You hear? So we got a big shepherding responsibility ahead of us. But if you're all wishy-washy about the Lord and you're all messed up and you're all offended and everybody's made you bad and people have left you out and people have done this to you and you're mad about this church and you don't like this about that and all that stuff that goes on, then you're just way off the, the base here. You've missed the message. You've missed what the heart of God. See, doing that kind of stuff will keep you out of that rut. That's what Paul was saying, because he, he, he goes on to say there's these savage wolves that are going to come in to the church and consume you, all that. You know, that's what it is. Everybody's mad. It's the worldly, carnal way of doing things that comes in. That's what he was talking about. He was saying, don't let that stuff in the door. Keep it out the door. Don't let the world come in. Then he said, there's going to be people in the church that are going to rise up and want to draw people to themselves. Like, look how great I am and look how anointed I am and want people to follow after them. You know, the church has been full of that stuff. And you see how that goes. You just walk off a cliff. You know, and he was saying, don't get into that stuff. And, you know, and if you've got a desire for prominence and you want to be noticed and you're in trouble this morning, you need to repent. Because God don't care about that stuff. I'll take you over there and let you meet a person who has much higher rank in heaven than anybody in this room. Probably all of us put together and nobody knows him. He's a guy whose teeth look terrible and he smells terrible. You know, and he looks, he's 20-something years old, he looks 40-something. He looks older than I. But he has no prominence. He has no prominence. Nobody's noticing him. He's not offended at anybody. He's just happy he can work. The guy had never seen water run out of a spigot before. 
Never. So he's not coming whining and complaining about what his roommate's doing. You know, all that stuff we're into, all that divisive, critical stuff that gets into the... You know, that's the wolves that has come in. And we wonder why we're so messed up. You know, the wolves, you know, they're consuming us. The wolves are the worldly ways. The wolves are stuff you watch, the stuff you read, the stuff you do you shouldn't do. And they're consuming you. So what you need to do is start being a shepherd. Start getting shepherded. Your life may change. Now that's what the gospel wants to say to us this morning. That's what it wants to say to all these old cranky Christians. Which I admit, I'm in a cranky Christian club. You know, they threw me out of it recently because I quit decided I ain't going to be cranky anymore. And I'm going to forgive and I'm going to forget. And they say, out, you're out of here, get out. We don't want you anymore. <laughs> all of us need to get kicked out of that club. You hear me? That's the gospel message. The gospel message is this church don't compete against that church. That ain't the gospel. Paul didn't compete against Apollos. He was saying, Apollos, go down there. These people need you. That was his, Paul's disciple. He said, now you can have them because you can speak better than I, teach better than I. You go, Apollos. I ain't going. That's what happened at one point. There wasn't no division with those guys. Paul had division with Barnabas. That was a big mistake. But God used it. I'm sure they repented. And that's what the move of God is going to be like. It's going to be like that we have a bigger vision than our little world. It's a new whale. It's a new whale. It's the gospel whale, I believe. It's the gospel whale. And we have to learn ourselves... How does the gospel apply to us? Okay? It applies to the, to the unsaved differently. But it is the power of God for salvation. It is the power of God. You hear me? Are you all with me? Good. All right, let's uh, stand up. Okay. <laughs> um. This was in John 6, and it's after Jesus spoke some words to the people, and they said, these are really hard things, and we can't hear them, and a lot of people turned away. And he said, for this reason I've said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him from the Father. As a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew, and were not walking with him anymore. And Jesus said, therefore, to the twelve, you do not want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. And I think that is the gospel. What we want to do, and I know it's late, you know, but every once in a while it's okay to be late and stay in church a long time, is we want people to respond to the Lord. Now, let me just say this. I'm a firm believer in responding to the Lord. Okay? Because I spent 10 years of my Christian life not being aggressive with God. Just like, well, if the Lord wants me to have it, it's going to happen. Or this is for everybody else, not for me. It never worked. That plan is not a plan in the Bible. The plan in the Bible is that it goes like this. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. 
the kingdom of God suffers violence, violent men take it by force. I want to dispel a notion in this room. Nobody in this room, to my knowledge, and if you're doing it, shame on you, but as far as, okay, as far as Becky and I are concerned, when you don't do certain things, we're not judging you. If you don't worship in a certain way, I don't judge you. Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't judge you if when there's an altar call and you don't come. Okay? I'm happy for the ones that will. I'm sad for some of them. I try to encourage them. You know you need to respond to the Lord. You know, and people, people get mad at you when you say that to them. But let me just say, that madness indicates that God's after you. And when you get angry at that stuff, and when you're sitting there saying everybody's judging you, perhaps God is saying something to you. You know, perhaps He's saying something. Because I can tell you, I spent ten years of my life being a passive Christian, not going after the things of God. And it didn't work. So I decided one day, I'm going to go after the things of God. When I have all the call, I'm going to get up and go up there. Even if I didn't feel like God spoke to you, I'm just going to go up there anyway. Maybe he'd get my old sorry hide. If somebody had a prophecy and I liked it, I thought, well, I want that prophecy too. So I'm going to just pretend I'm getting it too. I take it, Lord, I take it. If it was a bad prophecy, I don't take it, Lord, I don't take it. <laughs> if there was a prayer for healing and I needed, and they said, well, we're going to pray for their arms and my foot was hurting, I'm saying, well, we're, getting, we're going for foots too. You know? You know, it's, that's the kind of attitude that God wants in His people. He wants an aggressiveness. And everybody in the Bible that we read about in this Bible were aggressive, except the bad ones. And they went the other way. I just want to tell you that. I want to remove pressure from you to do anything, though. I want to remove that out of this church. I want to remove the pressure that you've got to worship in a certain way and act a certain way and have certain manifestations. Listen, I'm the least manifestated person in this room. I'm Seriously, I don't... The stuff that I feel from God is very slight. It ain't going to be outwardly shown, mostly. I'm the least boisterous person. The only reason, I'm going to tell you the truth, the only reason I'll ever be boisterous, probably, is either one or two reasons. Either God really moves on me or I'm trying to support my wife leading worship and encourage her. But I can worship God, you know? You hear what I'm saying to you? I want to remove that from this room this morning. If you feel that and you feel pressured and feel like people are judging you, that is a lie. That is not the truth. And if you're doing that, you better stop judging other people the way they do stuff. No more of that in this church. No more. If I find out you're doing it, I'm going to fuss at you. So I'm just fussing at you ahead of time. Don't do it. But we don't have that kind of heart here. And I want you to be set free to know the Lord. And we love the backsliders. And we love the lost. We will never stop loving them. You hear what I'm saying to you? And we've got to go after the gospel. That has to be our goal. But you're going to have to lay down some things to do it. You're going to have to lay down your personal opinions and your critical critical attitude. And I think that's something that I have just felt, man, in this church. It's criticism. And, I, and, and if you're so in discord with other people, you know... Becky, let me just tell you what so-and-so or what Byron did or what they're doing or what they're not doing or how they treated me. That's a sin. It's a sin. 
Don't do that stuff. Repent. Ask the Lord to forgive you. If you've got a problem with somebody, go to that person and try to work it out if you feel like you really have to. If you've got a problem with the church, a real issue, then call the pastor or pastors or somebody in, that can you can talk to about it and say, I really need to talk to somebody about this. i got a concern. There's a way of doing it that's righteous. There's a way of doing it that's right. You know, that God honors and God blesses. And you may have the Lord and you can speak and say, yeah, that's the Lord. I'm glad you said that because I was thinking the same thing. There's a way of doing stuff that, that honors God. See, we got to get all this mess out of the way so God can move freely. One of the worst things, this is honest, I'm being honest with you, and I know I'm going on and on and on, but my concern this morning coming to church is, Lord, I really know you want to move, but I know there is religious spirits, I know there's spirits on people that come in here and want to fight everything you want to do. And it's not that people are wicked and evil, I just know that stuff's, that's reality. There's disbelief or unbelief. And we've got we to gotta get rid of that stuff if we're going to really come into all that God has for us. We really do. Yeah. We've got to let go of stuff. That's all. That's my appeal to you. I am appealing to you this morning. I'm appealing to you. Hear what I'm saying to you. God is appealing to you this morning. This is not just some made-up stuff. I didn't make it up. God wants to do something. God is doing something. Let's get in on what He's doing. Let's let God not let it be two people. Let's let it be 200. Let's let it be 2,000 people got saved. But we've got to let Him do it. I've told the Lord this. Lord, you move, we'll adjust ourselves to you. We'll drop kick everything. If you're moving today, we don't need to have classes today. Well, that'd be terrible for the education, but God can make up for it, you know. It'd be wonderful. That's what we need to have that kind of heart. You hear what I'm saying to you? We want to have an altar call. Uh, this is for whatever. I'm serious. I just feel like we need to have whatever. Yeah, it's general. Everybody's here. If you just feel like you need to repent, if you just feel like you just want to say to, to the Lord Jesus, I want to love you more. I don't love you enough. I'm just an old church addict and just an old church person, just an old hard leather core Christian who wants to bust and be mean. You know, I just want to get over that. And, and I just want to get over my critical spirit, my judgmental spirit. And I want to get over thinking everybody's judging and criticizing me too. And get over that. You hear me? So let's have an altar call for that. And anybody who's not saved in this room, you're supposed to get saved this morning. God said, I will send the lost to the church today. I will send the backsliders to the church today. I told the Lord, well, we can tell them the truth, but you got to do something because we can't do it. you got to talk to their heart. So if God spoke to your heart, backslider, lost person, you need to go ahead and respond because you're supposed to. You're supposed to get saved. You can come up and be with the rest of the group that's going to come up, and that way you won't feel like you're having to be embarrassed about it. This is your day, the day of salvation. So as Donna, Color, and Grace sings this song, they're going to, you can come up, and we'll, we'll pray for you and bless you, and you, know, and you can leave and all that stuff too. In the morning when I rise, in the morning, when I rise in the morning, when I rise, give me Jesus, give me.